Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is totally keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. And y'all, this podcast is keeping the Christmas spirit alive for me during these hot months. Yeah, for sure. Man, it's hot. Shoot. I'm looking at all of the awful news that's coming out about COVID, the fact that we have destroyed yeah. our planet, uh, the fact that we have destroyed our atmosphere, like the 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 uh, space just surrounding the Earth's atmosphere with clutter, so we can't even really make a good exit strategy uh, from the planet, and uh, it it all feels like everything's going, you know, as my my great grandmother used to say, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. But we still have Christmas movies. So, you know, life is good, right? Talk about an At exit least. strategy. <laughs> Christmas movies. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, such a bright opener to tonight's episode. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, and then it's fitting. I, it's it, fitting. It, it is yeah. fitting. And, it, and it, here in New York, we are also dealing. <laughs> Our governor stepping down now too. Oh yeah, that's a good thing that. though, right? It's it's a great thing he's stepping down, but still, I was telling I was telling Sarah, man, we gave the world FDR, but we also gave them Andrew Cuomo, Rudy Giuliani, and Donald Trump. What a record! What a record! He's perfect. Did y'all see Giuliani's <laughs> complaining that he doesn't have money for his bills and Trump isn't helping? <laughs> yeah, I saw what? that. So I watched Andrew Cuomo's video. And his press conference. Oh, if that's what the guy is going to come out with to say he did nothing wrong, I would hate to see what a guilty admission press conference would be. His the yeah, the, it, you know, sometimes I kiss people, sometimes I call people sweetheart, sometimes I hug people. But here's a picture of Barack Obama hugging a family that's crying after Sandy Hook, and Bush hugging some people after 9/11. Like it's the same thing, right? The 86-page document he released in his defense that was 25 pages of text and like 50 something, just split up by politician of them hugging and kissing people, President Obama, President Biden, President Trump, Nancy Pelosi. I, I couldn't believe it. That was, the, and somebody the, got paid to advise him on that. Like, give me a break. <laughs> and I can't get out of my job. What, what a joke. What but a the, joke. <laughs> but the, 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 the pictures like of, of the, the tragic pictures that he chose of Bush and Obama, like comforting people who are sad compared to like him groping women like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and also I was, and another thing if you're trying to not look like a skis ball do you really put pictures 
you don't put you don't put up pictures of Trump as your defense. Trump touching women. That's just not a good way to go. And I would just like to say as a New York Italian that <laughs> hashtag not all Italians when he used the excuse I'm an Italian American. No. Yes. <laughs> I hug and kiss people, but it's always consensual. There you go. How was your week? <laughs> it was good. I guess I managed to avoid most of the news because <laughs> none of this is even on my radar, except I knew that he was stepping down. Um, it's been a good week. Kids are wrapping up summer band camp, which means school is about to start. We met um, Gabe and Jude's teachers just earlier this evening. So, Oh, how did you like them? Yes, I think so. Especially that pre-K teacher. She's just like precious as all pre-K teachers should be, right? They should just be like surrogate mothers and sweet and wonderful and soft voice. And she totally is. So I think it will be good aside from all of the normal and not normal parent anxieties for, for this year. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good year. Be a good year. So I hit my 200th ride on Peloton earlier. I saw that. Congratulations with Kendall, Thank right? You. With Kendall, That's who fantastic. is always a tough one, tough cookie. Oh, man. But you um, see the higher her hair, the harder the ride. Oh, yeah. I have noticed that. Um, I, I go away next Friday. Well, this Friday, by the time you're looking at it, up to Canada since the borders have reopened. And uh, I'm going to miss the Peloton. But I thought my in-laws had a treadmill. So I asked, but they said no. And they were like, let me ask around. I was like, you don't have to ask around to borrow a treadmill. <laughs> but then uh, they, they emailed back saying, Neil, who is Sarah's brother, has a bike they can lend us. And I was like, that's oh. even better because then I can still do my Peloton app on this bike. So yeah, that borrow awesome. that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Good news. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So y'all haven't been to Canada since when? It's been almost three years at this point, I think. Golly, so. I'm glad you'll get to go. That's great. Yep. How's your week, Tom? How's the recording going to go from there? Do they have good internet for us? I have recorded from there before. Last time I was up there, so. It's been a minute, though. It has been a minute. But we'll be able to manage. It's been like 300 my, times. My However many has... minutes are in a day. I don't know. That's a lot of math. I don't know. <laughs> my week has been fraught with Ajita oh I've just been very frustrated um, yeah with the abject failure of our of of our state yeah you know what are you going to do as a young oh. version of my nephew would say, bad choices. Bad choices. We are, we honestly started looking at houses in Vermont. Ooh. Ooh. <gasps> Buy a East Christmas Coast. tree farm. Buy a I, Christmas tree farm. And then it. turn it into a precious little B&B as well. And I'll just live there for half the uh, you know, Make sure you build a recording studio for when we come visit. Absolutely. I don't know if anything will come out of it, but uh, Christina's saying she is open to the idea. So, okay. You know what's right. funny is I have been looking up there as well. So, wouldn't that be funny? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I can't move until my kids graduate from <laughs> So I'm locked sure into can. Oklahoma for more years so julia's gonna let us do the hard work of setting up the christmas tree farm and growing it and that's then by the it. time it's like you know thriving well, that's when she's gonna like retire it. to vermont that's how that's gonna work yeah so that's fun that's fun like said, vermont's beautiful i don't know if yeah that is on one of the states i have been looking at because sarah's just open to the east coast preferably the northern states for obvious reasons here um, and that's one of the ones on the list. So yeah, who knows? Imagine that. It's beautiful. Um, but other than that, you know, everything's fine because we also just, um, you know, have done all the huge orders for Christmas and fall at the shop. So things are a little nuts. Yeah. Uh, can we just take a moment to appreciate that, that it's that time of the year that you did all the fall and Christmas orders. We got a little later yes. start than usual, but yeah, it's really good. Um, I jokingly told people the first week she did it. I'm like, we're having some major problems at our house right now. Um, Christine's got a shopping problem. She spent $18,000 in online shopping last week that we have to figure out what to do with this stuff. And everybody's like, wait, like, like the, the, the reaction from everybody is the same, like dumbfounded silence. Like, I don't know what to say when you say your wife spent $18,000 online shopping and then, and then it comes around. Oh yeah. But it was for, uh, it was for the shop and then for the shop. Yeah. It was funny though. Uh, can we talk for a moment about how supposedly David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston are dating? Like how awesome is that? I don't Ross like and Rachel that. in real life. I don't like that. Why? Yeah, I don't they're like, like that. They're each other's lobsters. Yeah, but I don't like Dave Schwimmer enough. I don't like Dave Schwimmer like I like Ross. And and so I don't. And I see, and I like Jennifer Aniston more than I like Rachel. So that's like Jennifer Aniston's dating Ross, and that's wrong. Just give it time. I mean, she's not known <laughs> for having Apparently the, right? the reunion was the spark they needed to grow close. Well they were cute, they were cute during the reunion together. Did you watch the reunion? Still didn't no. see it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like low-key nervous to watch it because like I don't I, I don't blame you. I don't want to see Matt Chandler like that. Like at all. Matt Chandler. Not Matt Chandler. Matt I don't want to see Matthew Perry. <laughs> I don't want to see Matthew Perry or Chandler like that. Matt Chandler is like <laughs> such a strong acting name. That should have been his acting name. Matt Chandler. <laughs> Tom, did you see the Suicide Squad on HBO? I did not. So good. I did oh, see Reservation Dogs though. <gasps> How is that? Is it good? Unbe freaking leaveable. I'm so excited to see that. I'm super duper excited to see that. Sterling Did you know Harjo's it's filmed in daughter. here in Oklahoma? Oh, in Oklahoma. Anthony. Uh, I did know that. I, I did know that. And I thought for a second you were asking Tom and I was about to say, Julia, Tom knows <laughs> literally every person, every film, everything that's involved with Oklahoma and some like He's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Funny you should mention Sterling Harjo, the guy who made Reservation Dogs. Yeah, we know his wife and his daughter worked for us and yeah serious right his now. daughter was working for us for a while and one of one of the guys who worked on this movie just who's uh, an artist just applied to work at our shop his daughter was oh really a, a really cool a really cool person she got a another gig and had to ditch us but we liked her a lot 
it's just it's an amazing show i didn't want to watch it. i don't have a strong connection with the native american community mm-hmm. but i feel like this is it's a very educational experience but it's also a really funny show in a dark way uh, it just feels well, like a show it feels it's taika like watiti right yeah yeah so i mean that's why i was excited to watch it because like he, that guy could do no wrong in my book he's yeah. such a creative genius yeah. Oh, I'm excited. And I don't know if y'all know this either. Um, his daughter's godmother is Joy Harjo, our former National Poet Laureate. Yes, I was trying to figure out if the Harjo's tracked back to that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, a, that's her godmother. That's awesome. A really cool kid. Really cool kid. Speaking of Taika Waititi, though, uh, did you? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Tom, and probably Julia, because it's going to make you hate him. But he is in a legit thruple with uh, Valkyrie from Thor, and um, I saw what's that. Her name? Yeah, which is interesting because I don't, you know, even though the term is popular, you don't really see a lot of people in them. Thruple. <laughs> yeah. Is that actually the term thruple? That's the slang term for it. It's yeah. awkward to say. that's the uh clickbaity title that they give the relationship if you want to get on your your article exactly because americans are too stupid to uh understand words like you know uh polygamy so (laughs) (laughs) uh polyamory that too polyamory sounds better than this would be ripple yeah because sounds like supple and i hate that word I I'm always <laughs> it's so funny because every time I'm going to call you a Pollyanna I have to pause my I have to think because the words are so similar I don't want to actually accidentally call me use. a polyamorous <laughs> that's a very different thing very very different um so speaking of of Oklahoma and Hollywood I was this close to getting Marty to go out to be an extra in a movie, a little, a little movie filming in Oklahoma at the time, specifically filming in downtown Tulsa, right down the street from my office building. Um, They were were looking for, they were looking for extras. Like you could have fit the bill too, Tom. They were looking for extras for Killers of the Flower Moon, which has been Mm -hmm. filming in Pawhuska and Tulsa in the last few days. And um, like Marty, like had a beard and like his hair like tell me he wouldn't have been a shoe-in for an extra he would have been a shoe-in i know it's a martin scorsese leonardo dicaprio robert de niro film mm-hmm. and they transformed and the- tulsa they transformed tulsa did you see it's like right at the bo- the it's right at our old shop like our old shop is like the it is and what's so funny is we were totally going to like spy on some of the filming but then somebody on our floor tested positive for COVID so we've been working from home this week so I didn't get a chance to do that because I was like absolutely gonna sneak my way down there and (laughs) watch anything that I could see but we snuck up and got to to. check it we snuck up to check it out this weekend um yeah it was really stinking cool I mean, it's super exciting, so I can't wait to see the movie. And the way that well, they transformed Pahusco is pretty remarkable as well. They didn't have to do much for Tulsa. They just brought in, they literally just brought in cars and had like machines making it look like steam was coming up. And that was it. Wow. Movie we'll magic, y'all. Uh, OLD. Beautiful. OLD's putting on his mask. 
all the time, taking it off yep. the record, putting it back on. They all are. Yep. That's the second major motion picture coming out of Oklahoma right now. What's the first? Stillwater just released with Matt Damon. Oh, that's right. With Matt Damon in it. Yep. You Hold know, on, Matt Damon, our I, favorite. I, I... Hold on, y'all. I wasn't prepared to list all the movies coming out of our hometowns. Let me pull up a list of what's shooting in New York right now. Okay. What's, <laughs> I'm funny, what's funny is Matt Damon is in the movie Stillwater, which filmed parts of the movie in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And then ugly Matt Damon is in Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> God bless, though. Every time I see him, I'm like, man, you look like Matt Damon, but like, but like not like Matt Damon. Does that mean should we cut that out? You know who he's married to, right? I know, and I'm perplexed. Who's he married to? Who's he married to? Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. It's just one of those where you're like, really? He married way up is what's wrong with that. Okay. I'm I'm glad we are on that. I thought you were saying he married down and I was about to jump into her defense. Okay. I find, I mean, even around life, you see guys and a lot of guys in general tend to marry way up, at least Which in New means York. like he legit must be like in, in a completely cool human being. He just must be because like people love working with him. He's a fantastic actor. I mean, but he, he started in what? Black Mirror. It was like the first thing I remember seeing him in majorly. He predated that. We looked, I, I stalked him out this weekend. Um, and did i wanted to know more of what he did he goes all the way back to like sabrina the teenage witch oh i didn't watch that well i mean he didn't have a big role but yeah he was in varsity blues walker texas ranger when you say he didn't have a big role are you saying the puppet that played salem the cat had a bigger role yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) but he was todd in breaking bad he he was so uh, such an unsettling character on that show. He was. He I was. mean, that's his thing, I guess, right? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst is older than him. He's only 33. She's our age, Julia. Shoot, he's uh, 33. I speaking don't. of celebrities who have aged well, Catherine Zeta Jones, who is our new Morticia Adams in Tim Burton's live action Netflix series, she is beautiful for her age. She aged really well. Okay. Okay. She, I mean, 51, some, she's gorgeous for that. She for looks 51. great for 51. Yeah. Y'all saw the thing I posted where it was like JLo working out and she's the same age that Rue McClanahan was when she played Blanche. Yeah. Yes, that's that's like, insane. That makes me nauseous. That makes me sick to my stomach to think. Could but that you makes imagine? you want to pelt on though because she's got a pelt <laughs> Uh, my bike was supposed to have been delivered yesterday. Then it got pushed back to today. It was on the truck for delivery today. Wait, shut the front door. Did you order one? I, won't, I, just, I, decided to go I, an, I decided to go with an echelon instead. Oh, I, okay. I liked it more. All right, that's cool. But I'm sure I'm going to end up uh, ditching the echelon app and going with uh, the Peloton. App. Going, yeah. Then we could all do Christmas workouts together every 25th. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally down with that. Speaking of being down with something, what are we covering tonight? Tonight we're covering the 2006 Queen Latifah LL Cool J movie, Last Christmas. I'll give you a holiday. 
That's what I said <laughs> last holiday for a quick plot synopsis. So Georgia Bird is going through her life day by day, stuck in a rut, not really adventuring out much until she learns she has been diagnosed with Lampington's disease, which has created tumors in her brain, giving her approximately three weeks to live. Her HMO, as so often happens, refuses to give her the surgery that she needs. That'll cost over $300,000 without anesthesia, which she is told she will want. Instead of just sitting around and waiting to die, she takes all of her money out and goes to live life to the fullest. We follow her on a journey of opulence throughout the European countryside until she finds out she is not, in fact, dying. And doesn't sue the pants off the doctor for uh, misdiagnosing her and making her spend all her money. And uh... I would have thought, okay, so my thing, I get what you're saying. I would have gone after the machine manufacturer or uh, maintenance oh. person. All I know is this is a uniquely American movie based on our healthcare system. It is. It is. <laughs> all right. So histories with this movie and what you thought. I'll go first. I saw this movie back in the day. I've seen parts of it a few times here and there since. Uh, overall, I generally like it. Not, it, feel, it felt less Christmassy than I remember. But uh, I still enjoyed it. It's Queen Latifah, LL Cool J. How could I not, right? Julia, how about you? Uh, I don't think I saw it in the movie theaters, but I think probably saw it pretty soon after um, when it came out on DVD or something. Um, and I love Queen Latifah, so of course I love this movie. Um, not Christmassy. I don't know that I remembered it being Christmassy, though, honestly. Um, but I quite like this movie. I thought I saw the. I thought I saw this movie back in the day. I was pretty sure I did. When I started it yesterday, I realized I had not. I like Queen Latifah though, so I was going in with a very like open mind because she's fabulous. She is so funny. She's not even just funny. She's just an awesome all around person and actress, and she could do anything. Um, not the biggest fan for reasons we'll get into. Um, De definitely not a Christmas movie in my mind, but I do have a funny story. So I have not <laughs> going in. I knew nothing about the cast. So I did not know LL Cool J was in this. So <laughs> the beginning of the film, when the kid is going through her book of possibilities and sees pictures of her with LL Cool J, I'm like, oh, what a weird <laughs> actor for her to have a crush on LL Cool J. Like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. And then when you find out, it's not LL Cool J. It's LL Cool J playing a character in this movie. I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is kind of scary. It's not just her being awkward thinking she's married to a celebrity. This He's playing an, a person in this movie. So. <laughs> Creepy. <It> really is. <laughs> yeah, we, we come out of the gate with two 90s rappers turned actors. Yeah. So before we get into this movie, I do want to say this is a remake of a 1950 movie of the same name. That was originally being created with John Candy as the star. When his when he died, unfortunately, the movie got shelved for a while until it came back with Queen Latifah. Uh, and as I was watching that this movie with that in mind, I thought this would be a dramatically different movie with John Candy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. And as much yeah, as I like John Candy, I think Queen Latifah did it better. I yeah. mean, he would have. 
definitely i think like you said it would just be a different movie it's hard for me to even compare what that movie might have been in my head I, i'll just say about john candy ever since uh our little Christmas in July episode where Ron mentioned him missed opportunity playing Santa Claus. I have not been able to get that out of my head ever since. Like, yeah, no uh, kidding. I've thought about it multiple times as well. Uh, this movie is directed by Wayne Wang. Uh, his, his directing career goes all the way back to 1975. Uh, but some of the things that you probably know him from are movies like the joy luck club made in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah don't don't you don't you find it funny how things always go back to our beginning of the episode conversations we just mentioned j-lo and now this guy did made in manhattan that's funny that was a sweet yeah. movie yeah i like that movie it's j-lo it's j-lo, J-Lo. Oh, J-Lo. it's rom-com it's great the screenplay um was done by jeffrey price who was the writer of the abomination how the Grinch Stole Christmas and Wild Wild West. I, I will from the crypt. I will say that's exactly why I was also disappointed in this movie. I mean, like, how can you, how can you go from Ron Howard and Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas to this? It's it's incredible to me. Well, his writing partner, his writing partner on this, Peter S. Seaman, also did The Grinch, but um, as his own uh, work. He also did. He also wrote "Who Framed Roger Rabbit," Shrek the Third. Um, so you know, I mean, there's some there's some talent coming in here, right? He is doing the upcoming Wacky Races movie. Do you do you remember that cartoon, the TV show, nope. the Hanna Barbera one, Rack, Wacky Races? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wacky it's, Races. It's, yeah, it was a Dick Dastardly and uh, the Mutt that they huh. premiered in that cartoon before being spun off into their own thing. I don't remember any part of that. So the star of our show is the Grammy award-winning UNITY artist, Queen Latifah. And I'm just going to say this right now. If Queen Latifah is singing it or in it, I love it. I do. I just really like her, everything that she brings to what she does. She was, uh, she was, where did I go here? She has over 101 acting credits, which I didn't know. I didn't know she had done that much. No, me uh, either. It's wow. crazy. I am most familiar recently with her as the voice of Ellie in all of the Ice Age movies for reasons that I oh. think are probably somewhat self-evident. <laughs> um, you, uh, her first real foray into... Um, Acting, she was in the movie Jungle Fever. She was in House Party 2. She is in the MC Hammer 2 Legit to Quit video. She also had a recurring role uh, on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper, which I'm re-watching right now and really love. Oh, nice. Uh, It's really good. She had a recurring role also on Living Single. She was on Spin City. Uh, I'm looking forward to her. She was in the Barbershop series, right? Yes. Yep, she was. She was in Stranger Than Fiction, that Will Ferrell movie. Mm -hmm. She's also in another movie called The Perfect Holiday, where she plays Mrs. Christmas. 
The Secret Life of Bees. She was on 30 Rock and Entourage. Can I just call out for a minute? And this is really a Hallmark sin more than a mainstream movie sin. But when they when they give up with their casting names, with their character names and start giving them like, hmm, let's make this last name Christmas into Christmas. I hate that. <laughs> Hallmark does it all the time. <laughs> How do you know she's not like Father Christmas's relative? And her well, name and that, if like, that's the case, like I'd I'd be all for it. But we don't know all this. Did yet. y'all see her has Ursula in the Little Mermaid live? I did. I purposefully she... avoid watching those live ones. How was that one? She was so good though as Ursula. Was mm-hmm. she? Okay. Uh, that wasn't like a like uh, one of those live musicals. That was more of a concert type thing, and they just got celebrities to sing the parts. Julia, it wasn't like one of those made for TV live oh. musicals. Oh, good because I typically hate those. I, th- well, I think I that's... try this one then. Yeah, I think it's on Disney Plus actually. So check it okay. out. Um. Also. I feel like we should give her credit as her real name, even though she doesn't go by it. She is Dana Elaine Owens. That's such a pretty name, too. It is. She plays opposite. Oh, I know that. She plays. Wait, what's opposite... your favorite Queen Latifah movie? Ice Age. What about you, Julia? Uh... I got to think about it. You go first. Uh, mentioned at the end of an episode recently, bringing down the house with Steve Martin down and the Gene Levy. It was good. See, and I put that on my list because that sounds like that would be something I would really quite like. It is. You would quite funny. like it. You would quite like it quite a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know what my favorite is, but I always thought she was a highlight of, or one of the highlights of Chicago for me, the movie version of the Broadway play. She was also really good in Hairspray as well. The musical I did not see Hairspray. Yeah, see, I hate Hairspray. The, I do too. Like, it's so bad for the environment. And it just no, I don't, I, I don't enjoy Hairspray. It, I put, it's kind of on the same level as Grease for me. I don't care for it at all. Is it the story? Is it the, huh, it's the two things set in the 60s. That's interesting. I think, I think it might be the timing as well. So I'm pretty sure I first, plus John Travolta, like... I just, I'm not, I'm not a John Travolta fan. Wasn't he in right, the original right. TV version as well? I don't, I don't think so, I but think I, don't, I don't know. I think probably what happened is Grease and Hairspray seemed very similar to me, right? In aesthetic when I, when I saw them at my youngish age and I didn't like Grease. And so therefore I didn't like Hairspray. You know what I mean? Like, I remember a lot more parts of Greece than I remember of Hairspray. So it's probably just a negative association. I should probably give it another shot. Is the cat, is the Zach Efron one good? That's, that's, well, I love that one. I love the Broadway show. And, but like that one, the cast is like, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, uh, Zach Efron, Queen Latifah. Like, I love that movie. And the music, I, I know I like Greece, but the music in Hairspray is like 20 billion times better. Okay, so, I might have to yeah. try it then. While we are talking about musicals, real quick, while we've we've ventured off, I'm gonna gonna come in and do a plug. Have y'all heard the Regina Spector Ben Folds version of Dear Theodosia from Hamilton? No. no. Will you please write it down right now and go listen to that the moment we get off of this call? Sure. Yes. 
Uh, it is out of this world amazing. Granted, I'm a big fan of Regina Spector when she's not making sounds like aquatic animals, but. Um... <laughs> Um, you know what I'm talking about? on the mixtapes. Oh, I know exactly. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That just makes um, me so uncomfortable. It's on the uh, it's on the mixtapes mix album. Oh, that's then it then it is because I own that album. I have heard that one. Then I didn't realize that was them. That's uh, a great, a great, amazing cover. If you go back and listen to it, you're gonna be like, "Wow, this is amazing." I don't know how I missed it. It's way better than Champs the Rapper's version. Okay, playing her love interest is James Todd Smith. AKA Ladies Love Cool James, also known as LL Cool J, New York native, who at the age of four saw his mother and grandfather shot by his own father. Oof. Yeah. Wait, uh, his dad shot his grandfather and mother in front of him at four. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yep. It's awful, isn't it? It is awful. I love yeah. LL Cool J. I, uh, I, of course you do, because Ladies love cool James. Ladies love cool James. You don't have a choice. It's in his name. It just is. Again, he's been in a lot of videos with other musicians like Beastie Boys and Busta Rhymes and and Dr. Dre. Um, but he was also in H2O, Halloween H2O, 20 years later. The movie. I was about to say, that's my favorite LL Cool J. And it was, uh, even though it's not my Halloween canon anymore, since I kind of rebooted it with the new ones. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's my LL Cool J. I think he was also in House, right? He was a, a death row inmate who House want, who had to treat after he collapsed. That's yeah, sounds episode. right. Which goes closely with his TV show in the house that he had for a few years um he was in any given sunday going he was in the he did a music he did a song and video with jennifer lopez bringing her back to this again he was in charlie's angels that movie swat was so wait good. which was, charlie's angels was he in he was in the 2000 2000 when he played mr jones i do not remember that at all and i love that movie and me uh, he has had a recurring role on what is it? He was on uh, NCIS Los Angeles. I find <laughs> it really funny that we have two rappers. Well, I guess he was more hip hop, but still hip hop rappers that play in major cop dramas as police officers now. Just what are you talking more. about? Ice T and LL Cool J? Yeah. Uh, I can't stand the NCIS franchise, like at all. Yeah. I loved John Oliver's joke about NCIS because um, that's one of the TV shows, North Koreans like bootleg. People send it over into North Korea for North Koreans to learn English from. So he, John Oliver is like the only people watching NCIS are North Korean refugees and middle-aged mothers. And grandmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is totally true because the only person in real life I know who watches NCIS is my mother-in-law. So her and the North my, Koreans. My mom and mother-in-law both watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite him, I really liked him in the movie SWAT. How you, Julia? I mean, I don't know that I have a specific favorite. I just know that if I see him on something, I'm gonna watch it because I just think he's I just he's like fun. Him. He's yeah, very charismatic, I think. For he is. When he hosted, what did he host most recently? Um, I don't know the if Grammys? it was Grammys. Was it the Grammys? 
a few years ago, something like that. I really enjoyed him as a host. He's hosted the Grammys like three times in the past 10 years. Okay. Well, that's the one I never watch. So (laughs) (laughs) when I, when I saw that he was hosting it, I got excited because I just, he, I think he's really good at what he does. And he's one of those guys that will talk about something sentimental and he'll tear up. And I really appreciate that in a person. Me too. I like it when, when strong male figures are able to show emotion. I think it's good for our, for our society. Exactly. Uh, Next up, we have Timothy Hutton playing our, uh, secondary antagonist. And I say secondary because I think our first and primary antagonist in here is a made up disease that leads to cancer, but he plays Matthew Cragen. I was just about to say it's the first antagonist spot on the CAT scan. Yeah. That's uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um I think he's probably okay. most well known for his show for the show Leverage, right? Uh, no, also, the, also the Falcon and the I don't Snowman. Know, I didn't watch the Fal- Falcon or the Snowman. <laughs> I was trying Wait. to get people to I was trying to get people to think it was gonna be I was gonna say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? He was in a show okay. called The Falcon and the Snowman. I was about Hold to on. say funny. I don't think he was on that show. Okay, so here's the funny thing about Timothy Hutton. Um, when I was watching this one, I had forgotten he was a villain in it. And I was like, oh man, this guy, he plays like real good D-bags, like real good D-bags. And then I'm like, he always plays D-bags. And then I start looking back at the stuff he's been in. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. I this mean like F. Scott like, Fitzgerald? He was, he was Hugh Crane in The Haunting of Hill House that we love so much, so much, so much. He and was. Like, yes. He was. And like, so like. Which is probably my favorite wide, Timothy. Yeah. Hutton. Oh, it's absolutely yeah, absolutely mine too. But like, he's really good at playing both sides of that because in French Kiss, he's a total d bag, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time with Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. But I mean, in fairness, he wasn't a complete not d bag in The Haunting of Hill House either. No, kind of but more middle of the middle of the road. There was context around it. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, when you get to actually see his version of Hugh Crane, he's, he's not a D-bag. Yeah. He was also in a really good move, kids movie. Have either of you seen The Last Mimsy? From like yes. 2007? Yeah. White's in that too. That's such a good sci-fi movie. Like, it's really good. Julia, you would like it. I'd recommend it. I'll put that on my list. But yeah, I love Timothy Hutton. Yeah, I like him too. Now playing opposite Timothy Hutton, his non his his mistress is Alicia Witt of Hallmark fame. That's right. Of lots of Christmas movie fame. Including my favorite Christmas Tree Lane. Christmas Christmas, Tree Lane. Christmas Tree Lane, our Christmas love song, Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane. The Mistletoe Inn, Christmas List. Um, yeah. Uh, a Snow Globe Christmas, a Medea Christmas. Like a very merry mix up. A very merry mix up. Lots of Christmas. Do you guys y'all. like the Medea movies? Nope. No, me. I think I've ever not seen a Tyler, them. Not a Tyler Perry fan. No, me either. Uh, well, actually, I can't say that. I did like I he did something serious and I, I rather enjoyed it. So I just don't like his his type of well, comedy. What was it that you liked? He played Alex Cross. Oh yeah, that's right. 
in uh, what is that? John Grisham? Is that John Grisham? In, no, I think it's. Patterson? It's some franchise, right? I think it's uh, I think it's James Patterson, right? James Patterson. That's it. Some crime writer. James Patterson. Yeah. I never saw that. Oh, he's good. He's a good guy. But that has absolutely nothing to do with Alicia Witt, who <laughs> um, was, I remember her probably first back from the uh, late 90s movie, Urban Legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. I, uh, I love that movie. I love that movie, which they're remaking, sadly. Yeah, they want to focus on like uh, modern internet urban legends, which is so stupid. But. That is stupid. She was in the TV show Sybil. She was in Mr. Holland's Opus. She had That's a where I know her from. Love that small, movie, too. Small role in Ally McBeal. She had a short stint in the 2007 season of Law & Order Criminal Intent. She was on Friday Night Lights as well. And then Justified and The Walking Dead for two mm-hmm. episodes. Recurring Carol killed her. Was Carol awesome. killed her. She was on Nashville, Twin Peaks, The Exorcist, and uh, Orange is the New Black. The Exorcist TV show, right? The Exorcist TV show. The, yeah. Yeah, that was surprising. Not the good. movie. Not the movie. Hmm. Do we all like Alicia Witt? Sure. She's not one of my favorite Hallmark actresses, which is why I was so shocked how much I liked Christmas Tree Lane. But yeah, she's okay. She's what you'd expect from a Hallmark leading lady. Um, I liked her in Urban Legend. I loved seeing her get killed by Carol on The Walking Dead. She was decent in The Exorcist. So yeah, I liked her. My favorite character in this show, Chef Dieter, was played by (laughs) Gerard Depardieu, which I'm really surprised we haven't covered him yet. Uh, Do you know what IMDb says that his trademark is? What? What? His bulbous nose. (laughs) Could you imagine? You know, it's funny. Ethan looked at him and he's like, is he related to Owen Wilson? And I'm like, no. I could see that. He looks like a fatter, heavier version, older version. I don't know how you could say that's what his trademark is when he has his accent. Everybody knows Gerard Depardieu from his accent, right? Not his nose. Uh, Gerard Depardieu. His nose uh, transcends all languages. Uh, this guy has an illustrious career going back to 1967. He's played in movies across both sides of the pond. Uh, and there's a whole lot here, y'all, to go through. So instead of going through everything he's done, why don't we just talk about a couple of our favorite things that Gerard Depardieu has done? I loved him when he played Jean Valjean in the 2000 TV adaptation of Les Mis. Yep. Yeah. I loved him in The Man in the Iron Mask, which uh, I don't think is critically acclaimed, but I love that movie. It's an amazing movie. It is an amazing I, movie, right? I liked him in uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. I liked him in Napoleon, the TV series Napoleon. Who is he in Hamlet? That's a good question. I forgot. <laughs> I just know he was in that I movie. Can, I can see it in my head, but I can't think of who he was. And I don't want to look it up because now it's a challenge. I'm looking, I'm looking it up while <laughs> you're thinking. <laughs> he was in Life of Pi, which I never saw. Big movie, never saw. It's a beautiful movie. It's that's what it has going for it, the beauty. Yeah. 
It's beautiful. It's kind of one of those movies you just feel, you know. He also played at Christopher Columbus in 1492. He played Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Julia, and Hamlet. So can't I still can't pinpoint it? He was also in the 90, 1990 movie Green Card. My favorite, um, Gerard Depardieu, is going to be... Oh, and he played Cyrano, uh, Cyrano de Bergerac as well. So. Which, which perfect his nose. Stop, yeah. stop, Hey, I'm allowed to say that because I have a big bulbous nose too. <laughs> so I can okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that factored into his casting almost it had to absolutely hollywood saw this yeah. guy and thought to themselves we don't have to do a prosthetic nose let's count no. in the role yeah and i guarantee you he was all for it you know what you when you with a career as illustrious as that who gives a crap if you're getting cast for your nose yeah so uh, even like, wipe your tears away with your money your hundred dollar bills <laughs> ethan um ethan was like he looks really familiar like really familiar. It turns out he had watched some French movie in French class that he was in. And he's like, it's that guy from that French movie we watched in French <laughs> class. So, so beyond his illustrious film career, this guy is like dead interesting. So apparently he's close friends of Fidel Castro. Was. He once He's probably was, not anymore. Uh, he uh, probably not. <laughs> Unless um, he has a Ouija board. I mean, I don't know. He, uh, and I'm not going to get this absolutely right, but it was the first bit of information I gave Ethan when I told Ethan who he was. And he asked, what's he famous for? And I was like, I'm pretty sure he got like knocked down drunk on a flight at one point and peed on people and was arrested for public indecency. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. Apparently he had emergency quintuple heart bypass surgery following a heart attack in 2000 because he is a three pack a day smoker. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, can I tell a story about public indecency? <laughs> uh, completely, Absolutely. completely like family friendly. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's an interesting turn. Uh, a few years ago, my friend's grandfather died. So I took the day off work to go to his funeral. And then afterwards, we, yeah, you know, they go, they go to a bar just to honor his life for a bit. Well, I, it was, it was actually our anniversary. So Sarah didn't take off work. She was at work. So I'm at the bar trying to keep up, doing shot after shot after shot. Have to leave my car there. Anyway, my friend's driving back to, we're going back to his house to continue drinking. We stop at the liquor store first and I have to pee like a mother, right? And the liquor store won't let me use the bathroom. So I go out back to your hate in the parking lot and it's and it's fine um the next day however i am so paranoid that the ca cameras caught me and that that he was going to send the cops after me that i go into the bathroom hung over completely shave my beard shave my head just trying to change my look completely <laughs> so the cops come i have plausible deniability but anyway yeah that's my story but we went back to his house continued <laughs> drinking did like a whole bottle of jacks uh i was bombed um Sarek has to pick me up bring me home uh and then i get a text while i'm hugging the toilet uh you know she's out to dinner celebrating my anniversary our anniversary with my parents they took her home like oh no <laughs> oh man yep your your knowledge of the legal process when it comes to illegal activity and how you circumvent that is 
<laughs> this is now the second time you've you've used that knowledge to get yourself out of a bad situation. Future, potential, not even just a potential bad situation. Uh huh. That's impressive. I mean, I learned from the best. I learned from uh, New York's best. <laughs> what are true crime Ill- podcasts even for if they're not for education? Exactly. Speaking of speaking of illegal activity and indecent exposure, uh, playing Queen Latifah's close friend Rochelle is what? Jane Adams, who I love her. We all know and love as Mel from Frasier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. She's done a lot of other stuff, but for me, that's my, that's by far. Well, we've covered her before, right? We have, but I want to talk about her, how much I love her in that. So we'll moving. The the beginning where she's uh, catcalling LL Cool J over the balcony and he looks up (laughs) and they have to duck. That's so funny. (laughs) Next up, we have in a very different role, we have Gus Fring. Mm-hmm. Our Giancarlo friend from Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. And he is playing Senator Dillings, who is uh, not outright corrupt, but not the most honest. And right. AKA again, a typical politician. We all know him as Gus from Breaking Bad. If you've watched Breaking Bad, you know him. He was in Godfather he- of Harlem, The Mandalorian as Moff Gideon. And mm-hmm. amazing. He plays such a good bad guy, Lex Luthor in the Har- the voice of Lex Luthor in the Harley Quinn TV series. I was about to say, they're making that Black Superman movie. If they're going to give a Black supporting cast to get him as Lex Luthor. Because Ooh. he would be an amazing live action Black Lex Luthor. I'm telling you right now. He Put is the narrator there. of Dear White People. He was on Once Upon a Time. He played Sidney Glass, The Magic Mirror, and The Genie. Yep. Um, Oh, yeah, he's a genie. That's right. He was in Drunk History. He was in Revolution as uh, Lieutenant Tom Neville. He had a short little two character arc on Community. He was in an episode Uh, of Lie to Me. I know you love that show. Oh, I love that show so much. I should rewatch that. Well, with us being in another uh, wave pandemic, you have plenty of time to rewatch things, Tom. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything is normal. We're just continuing on like nothing's going on. Everything is awesome. He was Jorge in the last Maze Runner film. He was touched by an angel. (laughs) Family guy. Darn you, family guy. I'm still waiting Uh, for that to make the list at some point. You reference it so much. I don't want to do it. Uh, Sesame (laughs) Street. He played Mickey back in the 80s. He was in an episode of the new version of Creepshow on Shudder. For me, I love him as a bad guy more than this. Gus, just the calm, collected, maniacal Gus. Oh, and as Moff Gideon, he's just so, he's he's such a good controlled character and his controlled rage is terrifying. Yeah, that's how you know, knew, by the way, the season two finale of The Mandalorian, that crap was going down when that Jedi arrived and he looked terrified staring at yeah. the screen as his hooded Jedi is just slashing through the hallway. Yes. Playing his friend, the Congressman Stewart, is Michael Norrie. Y'all very familiar with Michael Norrie? Flash dance. NCIS, All My Children, Damages. Flash dance. Uh, he was on the, the OC. OC. 
The Young and the Restless. Love and War. I mean, he's got a he's done a lot. I don't really know him though. Not gonna lie. He, can he we talk about mildly familiar? Can we talk about Rashid Chowdhury, who played Dr. Gupta? Not quite yet. Okay. I want to. I think on... I think we all know him though, from one of our favorite TV shows ever. Oh, we definitely do. Go ahead. You can. You he, can order. Fine. he was in a few episodes of The Office as Doc as as Vikram at Michael's yep. call center. The Indian guy uh, who's a doctor now over here at the call center, who yep. then Michael Scott recruited for the Michael Scott Paper Company, and he got on him about what is your business plan, Michael? And, and Michael ended up kicking him out of the car. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yep. I thought he looked familiar. He was funny. He was so funny in this too. I mean, absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was also on the Cosby Show, so you know. He's just he's just a little great like character guest actor in all the things he's been in. I don't know if he saw Daniel uh, Daniel Franz. Is that his name? Franz from NYPD Blue. Well, he died in April of last year. Wait, what? COVID. No from covid he was in mumbai for a dental procedure was delayed there due to the spread of covid19 he died there oh sorry he died of a ruptured ulcer in the intestines and underwent emergency surgery he was in mumbai though during covid and got delayed there because of the covid pandemic and they couldn't save him so man that's sad yeah i don't know if he saw dennis franz butt or not but he did have a a role on nypd blue <laughs> <laughs> who did who's never who hasn't seen Dennis Franz's butt because of that show? I didn't I didn't want to. I didn't. I <laughs> did anybody? I think anybody uh, wanted. Apparently somebody wanted to. Somebody asked it. Well, maybe they did. Maybe he just dropped trowel. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he pulled a quote. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we talk about, by the way, Emeril Lagasse's in this movie as well, playing himself? I used to watch his show all the time when I was younger. Bam! I used to watch that all the time. I used to love him. My my dad was a big fan too. He was he, he and Guy Fieri were never cooks, chefs I could get into, but. For all of my Guy Fieri dislike, I have learned that he is an absolutely amazing human being, and I need to be more kind and give the guy more chance, more of a chance. He does wonderful, wonderful yeah. work for people. I'll, I just I'll say that as, his Sugar Ray frosted tips. I'll say that as well about Guy Fieri. Like he is an amazing person. Never liked him though as a chef, as an on the show or anything. Lots of people I don't like are amazing human beings. Case in point, Ernest Tom Crow. That's right. Ernest. I, you're right. I don't like Tom Crow. I love Tom Crow. <laughs> oh, heart grow, heart grow. So let's jump in. The show opens up, right? And we see Queen Latifah singing in the choir at church. Not quite hitting all the notes she's supposed to, not doing that that great. And she's playing a very shy version of herself, which was very shy version of herself. Very unsettling for Queen Latifah fans. But I think Julia said before we started recording, I think that was the point, what they were going for. She's working on. She's working on all of this. She's singing. She's not quite hitting it. The pastor calls her out. She goes home and she watches Emerald Lagasse on TV. She's so she she makes this amazing meal that she doesn't eat herself. She eats her linguine instead, and uh, we just see that she's just not living her life right. She's got a job she doesn't love. Um, well, she loves it, but it's not going anywhere. 
and she's mis she's mistreated at work. She finds out that she has she, she works at a store that's based on Macy's big department store. Yep. Big department store. And her job is something she loves. She gets to go in and she's selling cookware and she gets to cook demos. Well, the guy who is her boss is just this young kid who's awful, but we'll come back to that once we well, he he says about her. Um, well, but that's after she gets stop, stop right? freeloading. Stop freeloading. Yeah, You're she's, she's making this food. She's making this food for these for these people, and letting them like sample. And he's like, "You've got to stop doing this. These are freeloaders." And she's like, "Well, we do our demos every week." And he's like, "Yeah, you need to stop. Just not a cool guy, right? Not so, a cool guy at all." So. Um, she goes to the doctor because she's having some issues. She gets tested. They do an MRI and comes back. Bam, she has cancer. Lampington's disease. But it makes tumors and lesions into her brain. It's essentially a fictional version of cancer, yes. Yeah. So she, they tell her she's got three weeks to live. And can I say this is one of my problems with this film? I feel like for such a serious like diagnosis, they don't like, there's, a, it's a weird tone for a movie about a woman who's supposedly dying. I think they're trying to keep it still a comedy, right? I think that's part of the, part yeah, of what they're doing. I, 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 I get what they're trying to do. It's a, it just seemed like it was a weird choice for that plot, I guess, for me. For me. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. It was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit odd, but I think that I think the doctor is is brought in for comedic value. I mean, yeah, he had a panic attack and couldn't tell her she was dying. Well, that would be so tough. I mean, there's a reason only certain people can be doctors. There is. Sure. <laughs> Your head is so tiny on that body, Anthony. Cool, almost fits it. <laughs> yeah, it does almost fit in. Sorry. I look fabulous. The Peloton worked out. <laughs> uh, Anthony, you want to take it from here? Sure. So what does she decide to do? Georgia is at first denial. She goes through the stages of grief, right? At first it's denial, but then she kind of resigns herself to the fact that I am going to die. So, Well, it kind uh, of happens at church, right? She, she's back to singing and she just really gets into her solo and going off script and the whole church is getting into it and i love she's got the line there about how great of a life she's living she's like and i didn't sleep around even though my sister did (laughs) yep (laughs) so uh yeah she she's like if she essentially comes to the conclusion that if i'm going to die i'm gonna live the last three weeks of my life to the fullest doing everything i've always wanted to do so she quits her job liquidates all her assets gets all the money and goes on what is essentially a dream vacation for her to the Czech Republic uh, and stays at the real life Grand Hotel Pup, which is this beautiful hotel. It looks like a palace. It's beautiful. Which you can stay in right now for like 154 bones a night. The poop. Uh, I think we need, we should take a Tissa podcast trip Uh, with our Patreon money. That's insane. This is insane. This beautiful hotel was also featured in Casino Royale, where it was called the Hotel Splendide in Montenegro. Oh, nice. 
Um, so while while out here, she is, um, you know, she's not just staying at this hotel. She gets the presidential suite because she has three weeks. And this part was very relatable to me because I feel like if I was given three weeks to live, hell, not even three weeks. If I was given six months to live, I would do the same thing. Like, what consequences do I have? I'm not going to have to pay out any credit card bills or anything. I would like, <laughs> you know, char- go everywhere I wanted. So she charges the presidential suite. She buys a new... So she, besides just renting the presidential suite, she... It's established earlier in the film, she dresses very frumpy because her friend had always said, you know, we need to get you into sexier clothing. So she buys, she goes out and buys herself a whole new wardrobe, but not just any wardrobe, but oh, like wait. a designer wardrobe. Can we go Montage. back? Can we go back? We skipped an important part. Sure. She tries to talk to her boss about what's going on in her life, right? And he's this like punk kid who like is, is aiming up trying to be real cool she goes in to talk to him and he ignores her to answer his phone and she's like please i'm trying to talk to you about something important this is about life or death he answers the phone asks her you know if it's if whatever she has to talk about is important i love she takes off her shoe and beats his phone to death <laughs> and he's like that was a 400 dollars phone i'm like mm, even back then that was not a 400 dollars phone but i get what he's trying to do yeah. he's trying to be trying to be funny that's where we start to see her lose it a bit right yes mm-hmm. Um, just to let that the, hair down now at the so, presidential suite like this this montage that we go to for the clothes we need a montage agree? this is every outfit she has is beyond dated and none of it says international international to me at all uh, no. true but no matter how dated it is queen latifah looked gorgeous in all of it she is oh, yeah. such a pretty woman she got could... that white hat nobody could pull off that white hat that was bad i don't know she she could she wear a rag i am sorry that like... was that was after labor day that's not acceptable <laughs> that's the real problem Queen latifah is not beholden to archaic outfit rules that have to do with outfit color. rules outfit rules are beholden to queen latifah man i love her i mean she's just amazing and like during this montage in general like you know so not only does she buy all this new wardrobe she she like she's using the spa at that hotel she goes base jumping off a dam which is i don't care if i only have three weeks to live i'm not I'm not going to cut my three weeks short by doing something like that i'll tell you that not base jumping no the she attempts snowboarding because she's not very good at it. Um, can you guys snowboard, by the way? I've, I've only never been, boarding. been snow I've never skiing been skiing. or snowboarding. I've never, I don't like snow skiing. My ankles don't stay the way they're supposed to. I can board. I well, never I could got, before. I've, I've never gotten now, off the almost. bunny hill on skiing. I'm almost 40 now. I'm never going to go snowboarding again. Um, she enjoys amazing food by Chef Didier. How do you pronounce his name? Didier? Didier? Sure. Didier. Whatever. And not only that, but she okay, so hold spends on. time in a casino gambling and she wins like a fortune, which talk about like rubbing salt in the wound when you have so little time to live. But did you see it was the same? Like when she, when she looked at the figure amount, it was about as much as it would cost for her surgery, 300 and something thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of intro or a little bit of info here on this food right the food is a pretty big deal like she she sits down as, as chef dierda's uh restaurant she orders she's like is he gonna have the same specials tomorrow and they're like he never cooks the same special twice she's like <laughs> okay well then i need one of everything and catches his eye uh food network 
sent chefs on on site to to all the filming and they made all of the 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 food that was that was shown in the film um and they taught queen latifah basic cooking techniques so she would look like a professional chef but you can go onto the food network's website and get recipes for like the lobster salad and potato leek nests the duck hash on toasted baguette which even though they showed her making that for LL Cool J, he does not eat duck, so they have to substitute it. But you know, they've got the banana fosters, huh. everything in there that they that they made. Um, you can get the recipes for. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Props to Food Network. Uh, here in the hotel, we see the senator who was supposed to come to her church, but was busy in Washington. Is actually living it up in Europe. The her boss at the at the store is really into um the self-help of crap what's his name in this y'all i uh, can Kagan. i just say that talk about dated where that's the most scandalous thing a politician could do is spend some time in europe when people think he's in washington <laughs> well I don't, yeah yeah exactly andrew cuomo <laughs> would, be, would would andrew cuomo would pay for a questionable retreat to uh to Europe right about now, but he's also violating campaign finance laws and uh, financial reporting for politicians by by taking the senator and congressman, you know, illegally on his jet. But we see Cragen, and, and there's something about this Cragen guy. He's just he doesn't trust Queen Latifah. He thinks there's something malicious. Everybody is out for something, right? And he's got mm-hmm. this idea, this self help book on how to be a better person, which is obviously meant to be ironic because he's the worst character in this film Mm -hmm. um like uh his his rules for life he has rule one life is not a popularity contest but it is a contest boo-hoo they don't like me rule two grab that scared little loser inside you and beat the living crap out of him rule three when is enough enough is never enough not Uh, not to mention he has a mistress yeah that he's flout that he's flaunting everywhere he goes yeah, it's you. And, and our mistress is Alicia Witt's character, Allison mm-hmm. Burns. She is. But uh, so we're seeing him and he, he's trying to figure out what her angle is. He's convinced she's trying to catch him, you know, illegally bribing these politicians or she's trying to, you know, figure out what he's doing. There's just, he's a typical, I mean, like the guy is playing everything that I think of when I think of a typical New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> where's the lie? Yeah, where's the lie? No. Um, oh, he's so everything about him is just insufferable. Good, good job, guess, Timothy Hutton. Good job, Timothy Hutton. I mean, I feel like he channeled that New York aspect. So, applause to him. Sorry, I asked you to do all this, and then I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. I just, I actually, I no, no, no. So while, so while this guy is super uh, suspicious of her, I do like the fact that just by being herself, she's able to charm like the entire hotel staff. Right. That's that reminded me of like a very. Uh, we see that in a lot of these royal hallmark Christmas movies, right, where the commoner comes to the palace to work and babysit the prince's kid, and the staff falls in love with her just by being so down to earth. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So even though uh, this movie doesn't feel Christmassy at all to me, that aspect did because we see it so often in these Hallmark films. Mm-hmm. 
Did y'all like Susan Kellerman as Gunther? She's a a hotel lady, right? German, the hotel German, yes. We've covered her in two other movies, which I thought was funny, and I didn't realize. She was in Beetlejuice, and she was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yep. Ah. How'd y'all like her? She's also in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, for Halloween fans out there. Ew. Um, I liked her. I mean, I for her character. Her. Yeah. It's campy. It's kitsch. It's mm-hmm. predictable, but she does it with that, with her fake accent, just does it so, fu- so funny. And Queen Latifah wins her over, right? The whole thing that we're does. seeing is like Queen Latifah lived in the shadows and here she, now that she's got, you know, nothing left to lose, she's herself. Right. She's very but out there. She, and everybody she, loves her. Yep. She doesn't win her over right away, though, because at first, uh, Kragen uh, bribes her, right? Bribes Gunther yep. to go to through do all her stuff spying. and dig up dirt on her. I love that she says, did you go through my stuff? Of course, I go through everybody's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they first meet, she's, she's you know, uh, George is telling her everything that she wants to do in the hotel. She's like, oh, can you get me on this snowboarding thing? And I want to do this base jumping and this and this and all these other things. And Gunther looks at her and she's like, she after she just shows her this fall treatment, no anti-aging treatment. And she says, no, I'm not worried about aging. So that will be all. And then Georgia says, oh, ah, uh, yes, the colon irrigation treatment. That's my gift for you. Sort of like a let's be friends. <laughs> now you think of me when you're having it. <laughs> when, um, Julia, just to go back to what you said, when she gives that line, of course, I go through everyone's stuff. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys actually use a safe in hotel rooms? Because I do, because I don't trust Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, those people. they can get, they have a master combo to get in the safe. I figured matter. that, Tom, but it just makes me feel better with the, you know, appearance of locking something away that they can't get to. Yeah, I think you should just start putting things like a, you know, a fake severed human finger in your stuff or something, really start screwing with them. That way, if they are going through your stuff. <laughs> Put a video camera in there to shock them. So when they open it, surprise or it's on. <laughs> on camera i just watched the episode of the office remember they were in florida and jim pranks dwight uh by pretending to die in the hotel room and he painted yep. on the wall dwight oh did god. it and dwight's yep. like oh my god <laughs> if anthony and i are ever traveling that's what i'm doing whether i'm gonna live or not whether I die or not, I'm, just putting, I'm just gonna gonna cut my finger into my own blood right anthony did this <laughs> <laughs> if i leave it it's fine they're confused you know i may have to pay a little bit of money but if something happens to me i at least know even if he didn't do it anthony's gonna go to jail and he'll never forget me oh my gosh <laughs> <funny>. uh, <laughs> forget him. i would do that but anthony's calling in an order or getting his alibi yeah. lined up. he'll calling have a plan up, for it he'll have calling up chinese food <laughs> <laughs> telling you since since we did that recording you talked about how you build an alibi every time you fight with your wife uh every time i watch law and order svu i'm like man these guys are like if i watch an svu episode I'm like these people are amateurs <laughs> anthony would never get caught in this mess <laughs> so eventually <laughs> one day really, one day one day god forbid i mean i will never commit a crime but god forbid <laughs> one day that nobody happened. believes that at least you guys would have uh you guys would be welcome guests on all the true crime shows explaining my <laughs> thought process for why did this murderer order so much takeout food <laughs> yes, I, um, 
I wish I could tell you that this came as a surprise, but I don't think anybody who knew Anthony oh. was surprised. It wasn't so much a question of if Anthony commits a heinous murder, so much as when and whom he murdered, who he murders. Let's be real. Julia would be the one telling the story because Tom would be the one. <laughs> I'm pre-recording the podcast. I'm pre-recording the, my interview. <laughs> I've got 67 scenarios of how you kill me and I cover each one of them so they can just copy you. <laughs> oh, too funny. Julia, you want to take us to what happens now as, as she's ingratiated herself to all of these people and Gunther finds her, for whatever reason, she brought her, her death letter with her to Prague. Right. So in the meantime, we've forgotten about LL Cool J. So he is back at home and he's trying to figure out why he hasn't seen her because you can tell there's feelings. I mean, he, you can tell that he cares for her and he likes her. It's that whole dancing around the beginning of the movie, right? Who's going to ask who out and is it going to happen? So he ends up going to the doctor's office and pries out of him the fact that she's dying. And Talk about he, uh, HIPAA violations. <laughs> well, yeah, he, well, this was Ellie's favorite part of the movie, watching another man carry, watching a man carry another man around like a baby. Like a that baby. was her favorite part <laughs> of the know. movie. Also, can I, add also. can I just say, by the way, Julia, you mentioned the earlier part of the film where they're flirting and everything. Man, it's so weird seeing LL Cool J play like an awkward and non-cool bad A character. Like he is like yeah. a dor- dork in this movie. He is a dork in this movie. Yes, he is. Um, so he gets the information out that she's dying. She has this limited amount of time to live. He figures out where she is. And so what does he do? He faces his own fear, which is flying and goes and gets her because he realizes <laughs> in that moment, you know, like she's got two weeks left to live. We should be together. I love her, all this stuff. So I like he- how the kid next to him on the plane is like, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I used to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> So he gets there, and what does he find as he tries to drive to the location? Uh, Road avalanche! is completely decimated. Yeah, by avalanche. So he is not able to get there with as much haste as he would like. Um, so in the meantime, while he is making his way to her, we get some unraveling going on because our Timothy Hutton character, like Tom said earlier, Anthony. Um, something's not quite right. He pays what's her face to spy on her. So he ends up getting the information that hold up. She's not some highfalutin rich person. She works for him, or at least did until not very long ago, makes 28 grand a year. So in his Mr. Big Pants, big shot mode, spills the beans to everybody. Hey, guess what? She's just this tiny little peon. And it then comes out that she he perceives it too she has led people on this whole time saying she's this thing that she's not when from our perspective it was never that way right she didn't right. Lead anybody on she just spent some money and so the whole so, but sadly that's something that happens in society right like if you come into money like like it's that whole uh new money versus old money right like right. new new old money still looks down on new money especially that's if it's right. new temporary money where it's like a you know inheritance or something that's not going to last you and you're just like living right. it up yeah that's right so while we have this 
revelations coming out moments. We also have another revelation happening at home. As it turns out, the doctor does another scan on another person. And guess what? They have Lampington's disease as well in the same spot on their brain. Or does he do it to himself? I can't remember. And he's like, hold up. Turns out the machinery had a problem. She is not dying. She has many, many years left to live. It was a machinery mistake. We have to let her know. And this to me was ridiculous because when she gets a sick opinion at the beginning, they would have run the test themselves to begin with. Right. Right. They wouldn't have just taken the scan. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, no, I get that because there were a few moments that I was like, well, you know, I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to dissect this movie. Yep. So she, um, uh, so the doctor sends a fax off to where she's staying. And it is basically, hey, you don't have cancer. Stop spending all your money because you're not dying. Well, it's not cancer, but you know what I mean. Um, the fax gets brain lesions. Lampington's brain lesions. The fax gets delivered, but not seen by anybody it kind of gets like lost in the shuffle so we have everybody starts to turn on timothy hutton's character because of course queen latifah's character says okay i don't have all the monies but i'm living out my last few weeks in a way that i should and that's what i'm doing with my life and so like obviously he looks like a gigantic heel and all of the other groupies that have been around him that have been affected by her, how she's been living her life, turn on him. And this drives Timothy Hutton to the rooftop because he just feels terrible about himself because he's a terrible person. <laughs> and he's kind of like the, how do things go wrong? All of that. So he's going to kill himself, jump off the balcony. And so who is the person who steps up to make sure this doesn't happen? But our single... The yeah. only person it could be. That's right. Our glowing see, diamond in the sky, Queen Latifah. Because she's freaking amazing. Right. Of course and she's going to do that to this guy that wronged her. The Congress, the, the, the representative and senator are downstairs just watching this all unfold. They're like, eh, yeah. you know, <laughs> what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm not getting involved. Not my problem. <laughs> That's um, right. So she's up there, she's speaking truth to him, right? And she's just being her amazing self. And this is also where we get LL Cool J in the mix, right? He's found his way to the hotel and he sees her on the balcony. And of course he's interested in why she's up there. And mm-hmm. we have, I don't even remember who finds the facts. It's, it's what's her face, right? The German one? Yes. Uh, Miss uh, Gunther. Gunter finds it on the floor and she's like, Ja, I'll go take care of it. And she rushes, and which is a nice little, yeah, which is nice considering she wanted to go in from spying on her and not liking her to she gets to be the one to deliver the news, which is awesome. That's right. That's right. Um, Everything turns out fine in the end. Um, Queen Latifah is able to speak reason to Timothy Hutton. LO Cool J and Queen Latifah get together. Queen Latifah finds out she's not dying. And my first inclination was she just spent all that money uh-huh. and like cashed out her savings. I, I would <laughs> totally, like, I... it's all gone. <laughs> if I was being told I was dying and only had a few months to live, let alone weeks, I would get like five different opinions just to be sure. And then I'd start maxing out the credit cards and liquidating I everything. Know. I know it. Oh boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like, oh man, that's what I'm thinking about. Even though you're not supposed to think about that in that moment, but that's where my brain went. It did not go there the first time but I saw this that, movie, by the way. That's when I thought, I'm surprised she's not going to sue anymore. Because <laughs> that happens in real life all the time. That happens in real life all the time. But I feel like those people around her took care of her. I mean, she got her restaurant, Gerard Depardieu came all that's the way right. to Louisiana to support her opening. That's right. So did Emerald Lagasse. And yes, then Emerald came. I mean, everything does work out great in the end. And if all of this had never happened, she never would have found herself. And so, you know, it was an eye-opening experience and she figured out who she really was. Which is also true to life because you hear about people with near-death experiences who go through that stuff, not ne- even necessarily terminal, uh, who change for the better after being, you know, right. evading death that closely. But one of my favorite bits in this movie is in the epilogue, our little epilogue, we kind of get an epilogue scene. And it's when we see love she it. changed her book of possibilities into the book of realities. I love that. that. That was cute. And then they use that to show us what happens to everybody. Her, her boss yeah. that you couldn't stand got hit by a car. They show a picture of him at his desk and they say he got hit by a car. And they show the chalk outline scene of his body. And it says that he was talking on his phone when it happened. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Which is funny because I was talking on my phone, walking through downtown Tulsa, not paying attention, uh, tripped in the road, fell and broke my arm. Um, oh my gosh, Tom. Uh, um, you need to start like a blog Chris- at the very least with all your yeah. stories. That's right. Christine and her friend, I went to her shop and her friend was there. She, uh, They were making fun of me for being a baby and complaining that my arm hurt because I don't bruise. So even when I broke my arm, there was no bruise. And Aaron hit my arm and called me a baby. Later, oh, nice. I, later I go to the doctor, get the x-ray. It's broken. And I'm like, yeah, how do you feel now? And Christine just said, I still feel like you're an idiot. You were texting on your phone <laughs> fell and broke your arm well that's like one night i was out in england and we were all kind of tipsy we were walk- me and my friends are walking down the street my friend doesn't see that a manhole is open in the middle of the street and steps right into it and falls in, falls in. and the rest of the that group really just, happens 100 percent hand to god and the rest of us just die like heel over laughing before we even realize if he's okay Oh my god! <laughs> he was thankfully, but he got a broken arm. Oh my lord! That was just on like Roadrunner and Wiley Cody. <laughs> um. Okay, so we said not a Christmas movie. It is not, and I feel it's like they had opportunity. I feel like they had opportunities to make it more Christmassy. They could have at least put some of the music, yep. made some of the music Christmas music throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if they're covers of Christmas songs to make it more like contemporary, like to fit with the Queen Latifah type style, you know, or right. at the very least, they could have done more decorations in the background as well. Right. The decorations when they did have it were, were very tasteful. They were nice. They were yeah. just, like you said, they're understated and too yes. subtle. Uh, but you have two musicians and no Christmas music from either of them. Like I would have liked to have seen a or like to have heard a queen latifah ll cool j christmas song i would have loved to to do a cover of baby it's cold of course you would (laughs) (laughs) i wish i didn't have to cut that out i really wish i didn't have to cut that out okay favorite quotes i don't Um, have any 
I liked her, her little, um, when I die note, just because it seemed very true to me. Um, I like that she put, if you're reading this letter, my disease has run its course and closed as many for my burial. I'd like to be cremated. I spent my whole life in a box. I don't want to be buried in one. Yeah. I love that. I did like when Gunther's comment to her was don't die, Miss Bird. I read the note. Like that's just, we, we see this huge character transformation take place. Yep. Um, I I don't have favorite quotes, but I do have a lot of things I do like. So I liked every scene with Dr. Gupta just because he was so funny. How he had a panic attack every time there was something more serious and like (laughs) a head bump at work. He was such such a funny guy. And Um, he goes off to become a a to to devote himself to 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 Buddhism and become a Buddhist. (laughs) As does Cragen. Cragen at the end in the epilogue, it says that his wife left him and took half his money. And the Securities Exchange Commission took the other half, yeah. and he he went he went to study. Uh, to, he he went became a Buddhist monk as well, which was funny. Yes, and and I also really loved I that whole thing at the end, Tom. That whole epilogue with the book where we see where everything everyone yep. ended up. I yeah. I love when movies do stuff like that. Like you, they don't do it enough anymore. That used to be such a thing in the nineties or during the end credits. It was it like, so-and-so yeah. ended up here, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's so cheesy and it wraps it up with a bow in a way that is, you know, a lot of time has, is overly sentimental, but I love the closure. Yep. Yeah. Same. That's one of my favorite parts about Arthur Christmas. They do that at the end of that movie. I love that. Yes, Linus moment. Several Linus moments. Not sure. a Christmas movie. We want to rank it. Are we ready to rank it? I'm ready. Anthony, have you thought about this enough? Do you know what you want to give it? Yes. I, I'm i going to give it a 5.5. Yeah, I, it's not a bad movie. It just didn't do it for me. And it's not a Christmas film. But 5.5. I appreciate what it was. I love I like Cream, cream Latifa. <laughs> What's up, what's up for me? I liked you... it. I thought it was really good. I'm gonna hit it a six and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna come in at a 5.5. 5. Which gives us a 5.833. Which puts it at number 5.833. That ties it at number 43 with Christmas with the Cranks. Okay. Oh. Odd, that's odd. It's just under the BBC FX's A Christmas Carol miniseries and just above Daddy's Home, too. So it's an interesting place. Surprised we put cranks that low, honestly. Maybe I'm not. We've got some, it was probably me because I love the movie because I love the book so much. I probably rated the movie poorly. Yeah, it's just so Christmassy looking, though. The end, especially like that last yeah. act where they decorate the home. Yeah, maybe that was it because it is really heavy on the end, being very Christmassy, and the ending of that movie is so beautiful. Anyway, not what we're talking about. So I have a question of the week for y'all. Yes, kind of a morbid one though. How lovely, my favorite. <laughs> so I was thinking because when this air, when this drops, we will have. We're, all, we're, all, we're going to be three days past the anniversary of Robin Williams's passing. Oh, okay. And uh, that's the one, like, 
you know, celebrities die all the time, but some affect you more than others, obviously. And Robin Williams really affected me and so many others deeply, more than a lot mm-hmm. of other celebrities. Um, so I was just curious, which Christmas staple celebrity would affect you more than any others when it's their Candace Cameron Bure. Oh, <laughs> Kurt Cameron. Yeah. For me, it's Catherine O'Hara, honestly. She was in Home Alone. She, oh. I have the history with her from Beetlejuice. Now I have Schitt's Creek. Like she was just a staple from the 80s and 90s. Uh, she's in one of the best Christmas movies of all time. And not a few Christmas movies besides that. I think I'd be really affected by her. So so is this just any actor that starred in a Christmas film? Not that their that their catalog is primarily Christmas. Uh, that's a good question i was thinking of like the main films like actors in the main you know christmas staples you know sure if we dug in there are better actors that i love in some of these films we've covered obviously like michael keaton would affect me he was batman but uh right right not christmas but you know him for you don't know him for an iconically christmas reason um tim allen easy tim allen would hurt me real bad he would have hurt me more prior to recent years, but yeah, he'd probably still hurt me. Honestly, there was a time where Chevy Chase would have. Yep, me too. But but I just know too much now. That's how I feel about Tim Allen as well. That's why it can't be either of those two for me. Because of Last Man Standing, or what? Uh, because of certain uh, okay. Trumper views. Even though I'll say this for Tim Allen, he, the guy looks like Santa Claus now when he grows out his beard. He's old enough where he looks <laughs> like Santa when He's he grows reached out that, that age. beard. He has. <laughs> it's still crazy to me. He was only like 38 when he was yeah, that Santa, is crazy. Santa Claus. Stop it. Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> Macaulay, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin? Culkin, Culkin? <laughs> Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Culkin, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of how sick campaign to get him on our show. He ignores <laughs> me. What about Kimberly uh, J. Brown for Halloween Town? She ignores me. The audacity. I know. The audacity. Don't they know who I am? Don't You're they Tom know? freaking crow. I am one of the three <laughs> hosts of Tis the Podcast. Uh, just, just send them the data. Come and kill her and Ed Asner videos and say we have clout. I mean, we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> or I just reply and say, okay, fine. Ignore me. You are our bench anyway. Look who we got instead. who would have thought it's always funny to me when like the sibling turns out to be like more acclaimed than the famous sibling now like his brother is in hbo's like succession which is like their golden child now and elizabeth olsen over the olsen twins i always uh i I love when the younger or I just love when the siblings play the long game and turn out (laughs) to be more acclaimed than their famous child star sibling. Yeah, I think at least for like the Olsons though, they chose that, right? Like they chose to- Step back. Step back. They didn't want that life. I think Macaulay did too, in fairness. So did Mara Wilson. Who is a delight oh, to follow on Twitter, by the way. She's an amazing person. I think Tom I still Hanks. Need to... Ah, uh, good Hanks. call. Good call. Polar Express. Yeah, he'd really Although I think he'd I did affect get everyone. It. Yeah. I See, that's where the question's a... hard. 
because I'll miss Tom Hanks not for Christmassy reasons. I would miss Tim Allen for Christmassy reasons. Kurt yeah, Russell that's... for Christmassy reasons. Ed Asner. No, see, Mm-mm. they're not primary. I get what Julia means. They're not primarily right. Like when you think of talk, Tim Allen's talk. filmography, his most famous film is probably the Santa Claus. And then Buzz Lightyear. Well, yeah, his most famous yeah. live action role. Yeah. Right. Right. Like when you think it's of his face, he's Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Did y'all know Tom Hanks got arrested? For what? Was it for a, was it for a noble reason? No, no, no. He's apparently uh, arrested and uh, going before a military tribunal. They're sitting around pictures of him. No joke. <laughs> From Castaway, they were using Castaway shots to say he's like a prisoner at Gu- Guantanamo Bay. Uh, is JFK Jr. the one trying him? <laughs> Uh, by the way, speaking, of, I mentioned Mara Wilson. Mrs. Doubtfire was on TV the other day. I love that freaking movie. Such a good movie. And I just love, I just love how everyone knows that Sally Fields quote too. The whole time, the whole time, the whole, the time. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that is like one of the most perfect movie quotes ever. Because she's like, the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. <laughs> so good it's so good i have to go we have to go we have to leave right now (laughs) we have to go i have to go we need to leave (laughs) and pierce brosnan's just like i don't know what's happening right now she takes she takes the kids and uh him and robin williams at that awkward moment like yeah thanks for saving me pat him on the back (laughs) and then they walk out (laughs) that is such like a perfect i love that movie so that movie holds up like it definitely looks dated but it doesn't feel dated right yep. the jokes all land and everything still i i don't know why but one of the funniest bits in that movie is when they're playing she's a lady and he's walking across the street and the guy tries to mug the purse and he's like hey back off man <laughs> like just doesn't listen to downfire I <laughs> then, so <laughs> then he says bastard broke my purse <laughs> so one thing i thought we should maybe talk about off camera yeah is realigning our schedule a little bit we skipped some cool stuff yeah, yeah that's fine guess. november december are empty for the most part and that's because normally lots of new stuff come out but i realized with covid they didn't shoot a lot of new stuff because it would have been announced by now so we have tons of weeks to oh, fill so cool and let's just go with what we're still doing yep so next week, you can tune in for... Wait for next week. This week, we're doing the DC animated universe of the four Batman Christmas episodes with, uh, of course, I don't even... I don't think we should introduce him as a guest anymore. With the fourth elf, Jerry Davila of Totally Rad Christmas. In addition to Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House. I am so and, excited to have Mike on again. And a patron mm-hmm. who chose these episodes. That's so going to be a full house. <laughs> Um, Wolfie, that's great. Matt Spaulding, um, who has been in a few Patreon episodes. He has his own podcast. He has uh, FBI's Most Wanted and Two Broke Geeks. And um, he is a professional Santa Claus. He posts some of his stuff in our uh, Facebook group. And he's an awesome guy. So this will be his first main episode of our show. So Yay. I'm excited to have him on. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode uh, all around with the guests and the content. I'm really excited for next week. 
Awesome. I'm excited about the next week too when we're doing the Best Man Holiday with Charlene Lewis. So we get Char, Forever Char, back on our show. Yay. For the first time in a main episode, that wasn't like a Christmas in July. Oh bonus right, thing. that was just a that was just a Patreon and a bonus, right? Yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm excited yay, to Char. have her. Uh, speaking of our community, where we're getting to know these great people that we're inviting, uh, what's that all about, Anthony? Well, we have a thriving online community where uh, now where people not only discuss <clears throat> Christmas all the time, but a whole bunch of pop culture things like movies, TV shows, comic books, memes. But there's a lot of fun tongue-in-cheek trolling of each other going on uh other holidays discussed like halloween everyone seems to be really excited for and thanksgiving and so you can access our social media feeds by going to tisdapodcast.com slash facebook twitter reddit instagram or facebook group which is our most active and most thriving community there's always somebody online willing to respond to you any time of day or night because it's an international community and we have truly become a little mini Christmas family in that group, which I love. I, it's my favorite thing about the show, honestly, is a little community that's sprung up and the friends made. So check it out. Absolutely. People can get a little more like involved with us another way too, right, Julia? Yeah. So for as little as a buck a month, it gets you access to the Tis the Podcast Patreon vault. Um, it, you get content that doesn't necessarily stay in line with Christmas, content that's not even necessarily all three of us at the same time. Um, it's kind of the place where everything else goes that we don't put on the main feed. Um, so you'll find a ton of DC stuff in there with Anthony and friends and Tom as well. And then you'll find other stuff that's not comic book related. Um, we do have some Christmas content in there that didn't make it to the main feed. If you're an office fan, our complete unedited three hour something recording where we literally quote every episode of the office is in there as well. If you like to go it's down one of my rabbit favorite hole. episodes of all time, it is a great one. Um, as well as just stuff that we have fun doing that we toss in there as well. Um, there are some things that we've done in Patreon that have inspired um, a series of sorts, like live watches, where we all sit in a room together, not really together. We sit in a Zoom room together and we watch Elf at the same time. We queue up our recordings so that we can talk our way through the movie with popcorn. And it's just a ton of fun. So if that is in your wheelhouse and you want a little extra than what you get on your weekly free feed at wherever you get your podcast, you can go to patreon.com. You can go to tisapodcast.com backslash Patreon and it'll take you right to it. And again, a buck a month gets you access to all the stuff. And there are different levels of giving to get you access to extra stuff. Um, Tom mentioned having a guest on. Uh, no. Anthony mentioned Anthony. having a guest on next week who got to pick the episode. If you give it a certain level and you can check the website out for levels, you can pick an episode and come on and host yourself. So take a look, see if it's something you're interested in. If you're not interested in that, you get us every Monday morning in your feed and then you get us Thursday mornings also, right, Anthony? Yes. Every Thursday morning, I drop a chapter of a Christmas book I wrote. Uh, titled Another Christmas Story. Um, I've been dropping a chapter on Thursdays every week this whole year. And the best part is, it's not just me reading it to y'all. It's Tom and Julia. It's Jerry and Todd and April and Charlene and all of our podcasting friends and family, podcast hosts, listeners, everyone has contributed 
to bringing my little book to life, which has been amazing and has turned out a lot better than I thought it would because so many people have been gung-ho about uh, participating, which is awesome. Uh, this past Thursday, by the time you listen to this, Robert Nickerson of Behind the Bells um, just did a chapter. So his chapter just dropped. So check it out. And uh, I do just want to say on Patreon, uh, you if you love our fourth elf, Jerry, he guest hosts Patreon a lot. He is essentially uh, the co-host of Patreon episodes, which is awesome. Yes, who doesn't love Jerry? Uh yeah, our, our friend Matt Spaulding, who is guest hosting next week with us, is, um, you know, he said in his Patreon episode that Jerry's his favorite elf when I posed that question. So. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> so of which, we should, uh, as far as we should, because September's coming up pretty fast, y'all, we should at some point think about doing a Thanksgiving episode just to get ahead of the busy time of year. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy. We could do a Thanksgiving cooking episode where we can go through how to prepare your entire Thanksgiving meal, just the podcast style. Oh my God, how fun would that be to do like a baking video, like when you're making your Christmas cookies and stuff, just out the camera and do like a baking video? Maybe I'll do that. Ooh. And that could be like Emerald. Bam! I have a few new things I'm going to learn how to make this year. I may uh, record those, Ellie and me, and share them on our. YouTube that I think has a grand total of one video. <laughs> Two videos. <laughs> Two videos. I'm sorry. I was half, I was only halfway there. I'm still waiting for a Patreon of- theology with Tom and story time with Tom when you said you would read bedtime stories to all of us on Patreon. <laughs> oh, y'all really want me to do that? I would love, <laughs> I think that would be so funny. I think people You would definitely like need to do a French episode where you talk in that French voice. When I talk like <laughs> that this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can read something in French. Oh my god. You gosh, sound like Pepe Le Pew. You sound like Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sound like the chef in, in, in the mermaid right. one. Gosh. Oh, the little mermaid. <laughs> the little mermaid. <laughs> The mermaid one. The little bird? mermaid one. Sound like I can't remember his name now. I can't either, but I think that's probably where I based it. Based it. Where I based my terrible French accent from <laughs> as an early as a child. Uh, y'all, you want to know something cray? What? Always. Only 3,168 hours. Until the big day. That is only 132 days. 18 weeks. Does that give anyone else options? Is that 10 weeks from now, it'll be eight weeks, which is an odd sort of math, but like, (laughs) now that we think 10 weeks, we're only 10 weeks away, 10 and a half weeks away from from Halloween, y'all. Yeah. Once we hit next month, that's when I'll start wishing things would slow down a bit. Once fall hits, that's when things can slow down a little bit and we can enjoy the season. But of course, we know time doesn't work that way. Things speed up at that point. That's what happens every time. Bye!